Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark, and today I've got back with me Caleb Rutherford and Jonathan Burns, and I'll ask them to introduce themselves in just a little bit, but we're going to go ahead and kind of talk about some of the things going on on the network that we want you to be considering and looking at, and i got to do this in under 40 seconds, so bear with me. (laughs) So, the first thing is, please leave us a rating and a review. It helps us be boosted up on the search engine and gets us an opportunity to reach people that we don't normally get to see and that don't normally see our podcast. We also want you to check out all of the shows on the Scatter the Broad Network, checking out the show notes for our email, the Scatter the Broad Network at gmail.com, as well as our website, scatterthebroad.org, and be looking out for new content every day of the, of the week, and we're praying and hoping that this season has been a blessing and beneficial to you. How about that? Ten seconds to spare. So I'm going to go ahead. <laughs> I've gotten Jonathan to, to, to go ahead and break already. It's perfect. Uh Jonathan, we'll start with you. No. <laughs> Caleb, we'll start with you again, and then maybe next time Jonathan can do it. Uh, again, my name's Caleb Rutherford, uh, associate minister here at East Hill. Just uh, glad to be back on the podcast and to spend some time with these goobers sitting across the table from me. <laughs> you want me to come back to you later and just start? I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm Batman. Oh, well, I'm Jonathan Burns, and I just choked on a donut. So that's what happened. <laughs> Well, it, it seems like a, an odd thing to be laughing during a, a podcast about suffering, but I want you to understand these, these two guys, when we all get together, it's, it's trouble, and uh, we're, we're blessed to be able to do this together, and today we're talking about the question of why do we ask about suffering? You know, I, I hear this said a lot, why did God do this to me? And if you do a Google search, why does God let you? You're going to find the following in the suggestion little bin there. Why does God let me suffer? Why does God let us suffer? Why does God let things happen? Why does God let school shootings happen? Why does God let us hurt? Why does he let us feel pain? Why does God let war happen? People have raced to their phones, tablets, and computers to ask God, why does he let suffering take place? Do you know what Google has in its search engines and suggestions when you ask, why did man cause? Nothing. People believe that God is the source of our suffering. If you just type in, why does God allow suffering into Google, countless articles pop up. In this lesson, we're going to examine the specific question of not the idea of why not, but why are we asking? And what we're going to talk about is two things here. The first one is just going to be me, and then I'm going to ask these guys to hop in and give us some comments. But in the first place, we ask why because to the world, suffering is strange. To the world, suffering is proof of the following two ideas. God is not all-powerful, or he is not all-good. And it's actually funny enough what Lex Luthor said in the 2016 movie Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. And Tim Stroughton wrote an article on this, and I'll post that in the show notes. But The idea is that God, by definition, is a maximally highest, greatest possible being. And if he's perfectly good, he would not want humanity to suffer or experience evil. If he's all-powerful, he could prevent humanity from suffering or experiencing evil. 
but humanity suffers and experiences evil. And therefore, the conclusion is either God is not perfectly good or he's not all-powerful or both. Therefore, he's not the highest, greatest possible being and by definition does not exist. If you ask if that idea is accurate, Tim would say no, and I agree with him because he lists the following reasons why we need to reject this idea. Number one, what does evil prove? If God does not exist, then objective moral values, doing what is right, and the responsibility to do that does not exist. But James 1, 17 and 18 talks about every good and perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Secondly, though, evil exists. You know, Lex Luthor would be in the category with a lot of atheists because many atheists offer this as evidence against God, the idea that evil exists. I guess they haven't read the Bible because the Bible's clear that evil's around. It's referenced in the King James Version in over 569 verses. In fact, in Judges 10 and verse 6 specifically, it says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord again and served idol gods, forsaking the Lord and not serving him. Well, if evil exists, then objective moral values and duties have to exist. Some things are evil and we can't do them. We're not supposed to be involved in them. Proverbs six sixteen through 19 talks about six things that the Lord hates, but seven, he says, as kind of a point of emphasis, are an abomination to him. And he talks about all of these things, proud looks, lying tongues, hands that shed innocent blood, heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. And so if all of that is true, if evil exists, then we know that we have to choose to do what is not evil, doing what's right versus what's wrong. Well, if moral objective values exist because evil exists, then God exists. In James 4, 7, it says, submit to God. Resist the devil, he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Before I bring these guys in for the, the last half of this podcast, I love what Thomas B. Warren said years ago in his discussion on atheism improving that God exists, and his argument is, if God does not exist, and there's not a higher power that we are held accountable to, then why did Nazi Germany suffer any consequences for what they did? Because they hadn't broken any German laws. They weren't held under the standard of American laws, or even Japanese laws, or British laws, or any other country that exists, and yet those men were punished. Those that were involved in that suffered consequences for their actions. In fact, to the point now that I believe, if I remember correctly, it is illegal to, I I believe they called it Zeheil. It's illegal in Germany to do that. It's considered a, a crime. But it wasn't at one time. The reason that it was considered to be a sin was not because of Germany or America says that it's wrong, but simply because God said that it was wrong. And therefore, no matter what they did to justify it, they were wrong. And so we've got just a little bit under eight minutes left to talk about some things here. And I want to bring the guys back in here for the second part, which is that suffering should not be considered a strange and foreign idea. You know, Jonathan, uh, Peter wrote to Christians and encouraged them when it came to suffering in 1 Peter 4 and verse 12 when he says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though something strange happened to you. 
Can you talk a little bit about the idea of why we're so against suffering and why we're always, almost always surprised to suffer? This is going to sound weird, but we hate it. Yeah. We hate it. Who likes to be persecuted for their faith? Who likes to endure problems in life? Who like, we, we just, we would rather say, no, no thank you. No, thank yeah. you. And we can't. So when we're encountered with it, here's why I think we hate it the most. We don't know what to do. Because here's what it makes us do. It either makes us flee from our faith or find our faith. And one of those two is going to happen, and it always is going to be that way. Yeah. I think you're I think you're right. I mean, Job even was one yeah. that the devil said, hey, I'm going to test him, <clears throat> specifically him, because he thought that God had made this great hedge about him. And his thesis statement and his hypothesis even was that I bet if I cause Job to suffer because of his faith, he'll deny God. And Job did not enjoy any of the stuff that he experienced. But for a, a quite a long time, Job maintained his faith. Now, we know he made a mistake at the end. He yeah. questioned God. And we'll even talk about that in an episode here later on, so I don't want to get too far into that because these guys are going to have a chance to talk about that with me. But the problem that happens so much is what Jonathan just mentioned. We don't like to suffer, and therefore when we suffer, we're surprised. But Caleb, we, we were warned that this was going to happen. I mean, I know there's passages in the uh, the gospel accounts that talk about Jesus saying, don't be shocked if the world hates you because it hated me first. Right. And it's supposed to hate you. Right. But specifically in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, Caleb, when we have passages like that, how can we get people to stop denying what's coming and preparing for it instead. Yeah, well, it's all about the mind. You've got to have the right kind of mindset going into this. And that's one of the things, like you said, you can't... Ignorance is not bliss in this situation. If you're ignorant to it, then it's just going to hurt you even more. It's not something you can sweep under the rug, you know, and just act like it's not there because it is there, and it will continue to plague your life until you deal with it. Um, So it's certainly something that we have to understand it's going to come. And I think, you know, when you look at the world around us, they're going to hate you because you are different. Um, because you live a completely different life. First Peter 2 and verse 9, we're called out of the world, out of that darkness into his light. We're different. Um, and so it's one of those things we've got to understand um, that we are going to be different, um, but that as Christians, that's what we're called to be. Um, and when, that, when those difficulties come, that persecution comes, just know um, that you're going to get through it. Live a faithful life, do all that you can to be faithful and pleasing to him, and you're going to get through it. And again, you know, we've talked, we talked before about, you know, thinking about Jesus, thinking about his life and what he went through, um, and all the things he had to endure while he was here on this earth, and just know um, that, as the song says, heaven will surely be worth it all. Yeah, I mean, when we look at the suffering that ex- that exists in the world, there's a reason that it exists, and it is to test us, it is to see, and the the Christian mindset needs to be more of the idea that suffering makes me stronger. And though I don't enjoy it, though I don't want it, though I don't desire it, it's a necessary part of the equation. And the problem with so many people is they they believed what unfortunately I think some of us as preachers have said and not clarified. If you become a Christian, you will have the greatest life that's ever been. Yeah. And you and, and it's true. That is a true statement, but it is also sad because so many people hear that and they don't ever have the other side presented. That is, now there's going to be problems. The world's going to hate you. Your friends are probably going to distance themselves from you. Your family even might distance themselves from you, but you'll still be living the greatest life ever because you'll be a child of God. 
And when they become a Christian and the world hates them, they're like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. I thought it was going to be the greatest life that ever lived. And that's when we kind of, I think, foolishly say, oh, well, let me tell you about this. I forgot to mention, but the world's going to hate your guts. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you had told me that in the beginning, I may not have been willing to do this. Now, we have to be understanding that preaching the whole council doesn't mean taking some statements and not giving the others. Yeah. But it also means we do it in the right way. And I think the more that I've studied over the idea of the world hating you, I actually think that it would also be appropriate to say that the world will be ashamed of me because I'm not of it. And the world's mindset is that their way is the best way. And if I am not like the world, then I am not fit. And it's almost like in the world's mind, we failed you. You're not following after us. And God's saying, hey, you have chosen the life. You've transformed your life to be different, to be set apart. And therefore, the world does hate you. It is ashamed of you. But that's a good thing. It should be that way. And so we've got about a little over two minutes here. You guys have anything you want to close out with? Jesus, when he prayed in John 17, he prayed inside of verse 14, I've given them the word, and the world hated them. And this is what he says. Because they're not of the world, yeah. You know why? You know why the world hates you? Because you're living. Like you're not like them. That's right. There, there's always going to be a contrast when you are living modestly and the world is living provocative. There's always going to be a contrast when you are speaking righteously and the world is speaking worldly. It's always going to be there That's because right. he, here's the reason they hate you. Whether they're going to admit this or not, the world understands what's right and wrong. But they don't have to interact to it because they're not of the Lord. That's right. And therefore, they don't, they don't hold themselves to a standard. And you, as a Christian, we as Christians, hold ourselves to a standard because we have been given the word, Jesus said. Mm-hmm. And that's important to remember. That's right. Caleb, you got anything you want to add? No, definitely. It's a great discussion. Something that we definitely need to always consider. Um, that, like, like we've talked about, we're different. And, be, and with that comes those difficulties. And we have to understand, uh, we have to be willing to count the cost. Uh, of becoming a Christian and what that entails. Yeah. Well, I am thankful that you all were here with me today to be on this podcast. Uh, We're going to be back again together next week with Job, talking more about him and his life. But between now and then, again, check the show notes, look for any information that you need from there, hit us up with a question, a comment, maybe a, a rating and a review on your podcast app. That would be greatly appreciated. And if you have an idea for anything, related to the network. Maybe you have a podcast idea. Maybe you've got an episode idea. Shoot it to us. Our email is down in the comments below. But until next week, let's all remember to please God now so that our eternity can be far better. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, You can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.